Hello, welcome to the Family Bookshelf. My name is Amber from AmbitionsForChrist.com, and with me tonight is my husband, Nick, the game schooling dad. All right, I'm going to kind of play big-time copycat tonight. Last time, Nick talked about the three series that he would recommend for, like, middle school boys and everything, and it got me thinking because... I'm sitting here like, oh, back in middle school, what did I read? And so I'm going to talk about three series I kind of recommend, I guess. I I loved them, recommend them, but I also slash going to have some conversations about them. And so I'm going to talk about three from my, uh, I guess, younger middle grade years of reading. (laughs) And the first one I want to talk about is probably my all-time favorite. This is the series that I will say probably made me a reader. It was the Boxcar Children series. <laughs> Very well loved. Oh, yeah. It was, I remember, and this is the memory I have from it. I had enjoyed a few of them. And one night, my dad got home really late. He had been off with some of his friends. They had gone to some meeting or something. And one of the other dads had a daughter that had kind of outgrown the Boxcar Children. And so she sent me a huge tote full of the entire Boxcar Children series. <laughs> and... My dad just left it sitting in my room. Well, about midnight, I wake up and see this box sitting there, and I open it up, and I'm amazed. And I just remember, (laughs) I turn the light on, and my parents found me about six hours later, and I'm like, I finished three of them. (laughs) And they're like, you were supposed to be sleeping. (laughs) And I was hooked. I It was the first time I can definitely say I I chose to just pick up books and read them. And I just knew I physically could not put them down. I couldn't go to sleep. It was that moment that, you know, it's those moments you remember, like that turned me into a reader. That was the moment. And my dad always said, he's like, man, if I'd known you were going to find it at midnight, I would have left it outside in the car. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, seriously, go to sleep. (laughs) But this series just caught my interest. I loved the mystery. I love the fact that, because I mean, like you had talked about goosebumps and, you know, they were kind of intense. There were scary moments. The best part about the boxcar children is... They are not intense. (laughs) Bless their hearts. They're not that intense. And I will definitely say there's a huge difference. I've, and the reason I'm also bringing them up is because right now I've currently brought them all back out of storage because our kids are just to the perfect age. Laura's been starting to read through them herself and Barry's wanting me to read them out loud for read aloud time sometimes. And so I was like, okay, that's fine. I'll, you know, do them. And I'm sitting here and I'm like, first off, oh my goodness, they're so slow. (laughs) Oh, when you're sitting down on the couch and you're kind of tired and you're reading through these, I'm like, oh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, my problem with the boxcar children is that there's so many of them. I think at the mm-hmm. library, I finally had to pull numbers 100 and beyond, you know, mm-hmm. and, and because like there's just too many. Yeah. I think, I mean, my series probably did kind of stop around the 100s because that's all that had been published at that point, probably. And I think that's the hardest, like I loved, especially and it's so interesting because um, as someone that's read them a few times, there's different authors that actually did this yeah. series. The first 19 are written by a different, by the original Dude, author. Gertrude, Gertrude Warn, Warner? Gertrude Chandler Warner, I believe. Okay. Um, and they are amazing. They're different. The kids start growing up in them. There's character arcs happening. And then you hit like book 20 and they never <laughs> leave. <laughs> Laura asked me the other day, she's like, how do you know how old Violet is? I'm like, honey, because in the last 200 <laughs> books they've written, she's been 10. Yeah. Trust me on and, this. And they're still publishing these things. And that's my other problem with this series. I love this series dearly. It's an amazing series. And then I went to the library and picked up because there was that new one. And we thought, oh, we'll read it to the kids. It's 
from my childhood. And I was like, I was, I was set to love this book. I was like, oh, yay, more boxcar children books I've not read. And Jesse now writes a blog, which I guess, okay, whatever. And there's kind of this, it's lost all charm. It's lost appeal. They're. Just they're, they're going through the motions. It is. It's definitely that. And some of that's just because they've written it so many times. I, I get that part I of it. I couldn't figure out. I mean, it was a mystery, but like, it was like, you're a mystery. You have to be brain dead not to solve <laughs> or, you know, brain yes. dead to figure out what's what's going on. You know, yeah. it's like, I, I don't know what you're talking about. This isn't a mystery. It's clearly right there. Go pick yeah. it up. You yeah. Know? You don't need to. <laughs> <laughs> and what amazed me, too, as I was rereading this other one, in these older books, grandfather lets the kids drive five miles away on a bike to stay on their own for a week and a half to redo a library on their own. And no one bats an eye at that in this like older series because it's written for older like I mean, it's written back in like the 70s, 80s is when this series originally started. And I think that's just amazing to me because it, you see in these newer ones. I mean, they're they're like, you know, they're housekeeper packs their lunch they go like a few feet away and it's like they've become they've become exactly what our generation is and it's almost i mean it's it's such a sad snapshot in that sense that it was like bugging me and so i was like you know what i will stick to reading the older kids books the the older series because it's a good series to their credit the one i read and you probably read more than i have at this point in time i think everything was still appropriate for children yes to their credit i don't think they, they were any... all still appropriate there was no woke there's no woke there's no there's no drugs, gay characters roll, right? no sex stuff there was no i mean she blogged but she blogged about their mystery and it was their way of now recording what they were doing they used to like write in violet's journal sometimes and that, that won't always be the case yeah <laughs> unfortunately so and i will say overall the boxcar children was just an amazing series and it's one i fell in love with and again if your kids love it they're gonna love it if they don't eh, they don't you know and you'll move on and find another series but they are just an amazing little mystery series that's not intense mysteries. And I think that's an awesome feature for them. Um, the next one I'm going to move on to is the Nancy Drew series. I love the Nancy Drew series. I wore out copies of Nancy Drew books that I reread so many times. I, I was never a fan of Nancy Drew. And I don't blame you because it's Nancy <laughs> Drew. Well, I, what really bothered me is when we were cleaning out the basement, my mom pulls out this big, huge box and it's her collection of and Nancy they're so Drews. pretty and, and it's I like, yes <laughs> these books have got to be you know 40 years old when I was a kid <laughs> now that it's been another 40 years and and I'm going to repeat this this is another series they're still publishing yes there's more coming out there's more coming out and I will say once again this series, when it started, Nancy's like a legitimate detective. She gets herself into real danger. There is, there's like real concerns. Sure, there's, there's some real stakes here. There's some real stakes in the game in some sense. There's also, there's true mystery there. There is intrigue. There's real questions happening. She has to do some actual detective work, I guess. <laughs> it is not like, you know, oh, let me Google that real quick. You know, it's like I remember one, like she, you know, found the name of a company and, you know, she had to go to a telephone company down the road to find out if they had a number that might be listed for this. And then the next day she had to wait for the the post office to open to see if she could find the address. It was crazy. Anyway, um, 
The new books aren't like that. The new books, again, she's like stumbling around, just falling into things. It's There's no real detective work in it. Right. And the final part that pulled the straw for me and almost ruined this whole series for me now is because she has now gone woke. The last book I read of the new ones, because I read it on my own without the kids, just because I'm a Nancy Drew fan. I was like, sure, oh, I just want to read it for the fun of it. You know, it's like, it'll take me one night. I can They're get a quick super read. super easy to read. And there's now gay characters in it. There was now this woke stuff about you know um she was trying to save the environment in one she was trying to and i was like oh my goodness it just had gotten so bad and oh my goodness if you want to talk writing tropes it had every writing trope in the book <laughs> there was no mystery there was no like oh gee i wonder who did it it was just like i mean practically by page two i was like well i know how this is gonna end yeah. And there goes all the fun. The problem because the problem became, yeah, it was all about the woke message as opposed to any Mm -hmm. fun. I can stand a little woke messaging if there's still a fun story behind there, but usually it's not. There's no suspense. There was no reason for me to keep, there was no joy in it. I'll be honest. I I have several series that eventually I'm going to talk about that the woke messaging just destroyed the series. Like this isn't fun anymore. It did. Yeah. And so again, I'm going to come back to, if you like this series or if you want to introduce your kids to the series, go back to the originals, go back to those old ones that your mom probably does still have buried in her basement somewhere (laughs) because there's a reason those were the classic Nancy Drew and they're good and they're clean. (laughs) She has a boyfriend in it. And the irony of it is like they go on a date like once a year. (laughs) And it's like, okay, cool. It's just cute. It's cute. And it's innocent. I mean, I still remember there was one where, yeah, he like kissed her hand one time. And it's not the important part. What's important important is that she's got to solve this mystery. Yes. Again, we got to keep the the first things first here. And there was suspense (laughs) and buildup and it was awesome. Yeah. So again, I recommend this one as long as you stay away from all the woke new stuff. So take it for what you will. And then my final one is probably the hardest one. I read this one, pretty much all of them. They were called the Babysitter's Club. (laughs) And I, honest to goodness, am to this day shocked that my parents let me read this series. (laughs) I had not read one growing up. I've read a couple now as an adult, and I'm shocked your parents (laughs) let you read them too. I'm honestly surprised. At the same time, I also understand there's no language. There was no sexual stuff in it that way, no, I not guess. like that. And, um, I mean, there's no violence. It's about a group of girls that are getting babysitting jobs and the adventures they have. And there is a ton of innocence and sweetness and fun. And I'll be honest, as I look back on it in my memory as a kid, that's all I remember sure. of it. Sure. You're not going to pick up on the rest of the stuff as a kid. Oh, it's no. as an adult that we start picking up on this other yeah. stuff. Yeah. And I think the biggest thing I remember was... Um, several of them come from, you know, divorced homes mm. and different things. And I was always, I'm, and that's probably the biggest one, you know, the way they, they talked almost casually about, they you normalized know, it. they had normalized it, I guess would be a good way to put it. Yes. At the same time, I also think this was probably a good way for me. I was a sheltered homeschool girl and in some ways it was probably a good thing for me to understand that not everyone lived that sheltered lifestyle. Sure. And this was a good way for me to, I guess, be introduced to it without it just being <laughs> slapped in my face like, oh, my goodness, in real life. And I, my jaw's standing there being dropped or something. And that's the hardest thing just as a Christian in general is mm-hmm. when I say they normalize it, it is normal in our society, which it is. is sad. It's not She's something... writing about our culture, and she's not hiding it or making it different. Or, you know, she's not, like, trying to sugarcoat it. And I do, I guess in some sense, I respect the fact that she wasn't 
trying to sugarcoat it like all these girls had a perfect life nothing ever went wrong with them you know i do appreciate the fact that in one of the one of the characters you know was diabetic and she talks you know they talk about all the hospital visits she had to have and she couldn't babysit for a while you know because of it and different things and there was a lot of good in this series i really love um there was one daughter there was one of the girls had her grandma living in the home with her and you know they got to have their tea chats every day and 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 you picked up on the family dynamics what surprised me was the amount of cattiness that i picked up on the Mm. girls tend to kind of bicker about meaningless things Um, and then there's a huge stretch of this is going to sound weird of communism (laughs) running through these books because they all have to pay dues to be a part of this club so it's like, so wait a minute, we all join our funds together and then do stuff together as a co-op? It's like, this is this is dumb. This is communism. This isn't <laughs> going to work in any way, shape, or form. This is frustrating. So- they only ha- okay. They only had to pay 50 cent dues, I believe. The rest of the money was theirs. And the reason they put it aside was so that they could do like a monthly pizza party for the fun of it as a group. So I will... I will put a little asterisk there because that is what I, again, maybe I just don't remember well. Um, I remember so much good. And that's the hardest part with this series. I remember so much good. Um, This is actually where I first learned about American Sign Language, which is how um, they had a client come to them that was deaf, that had a deaf child that needed babysitting. And one of the girls took her time to learn sign language so that she could personally babysit this child. And it's the first time I had ever learned of it and knew of it. And it was amazing to me. It was fascinating. It was probably, it's probably still one of my favorite ones from that entire series. I remember it for that reason. I do, however, because um, we're going here on <laughs> on time. I do think that the new stuff, especially the new TV shows and stuff, has gone woke. They have. Uh, I think one of the famous ones that's been around on the internet or went viral for a while was one of the babysitters arguing about you know a doctor misgendering a kid mm-hmm. and freaking out at this doctor. And you watch this clip and it's like, as a doctor, I'd have told you, you know, you need to leave immediately because clearly you don't know what's right for this child. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Well, and I, once again, you know, these were written late 80s, early 90s. Right. We go back to the old stuff. You're probably safe. You're totally, it's a totally different world. They're writing about the worlds they live in and they've, they've. They've had to come up to meet their audience. I, it's the only way I would say it. Which and is, their again, audience. You're normalizing our society and our culture, which is which is scary. And it's mm-hmm. sad. It's sad because we shouldn't just normalize stuff that's right. not right. And I think there's a lot of ways that books can almost push back on that and be like, hey, this is what's normal. But does that make it right or good? Yeah. And unfortunately, that's probably where I struggle with the Babysitter's Club. Because instead of asking a question, is that right or good? Or is this the way it should be? They stop right before they get to that. And they never admit that, you know, no, this isn't, you know, divorce is not the way it should be. Mm-hmm. They never say that. They make it kind of almost sometimes be a, just such a normal good thing. Or, you know, there's just different They're ways just that you so could see it. so laissez-faire about, you know, their, mm-hmm. their parents dating and mm-hmm. stuff like that. It's like, this is, you know, this is sad. You know, yes. This is, uh, it's hard to say it's wrong. It's wrong from a, a Christian perspective. And it's wrong that a, a parent would do this. You know, right. it's not the kid's fault by any means. Right. But it's just, it's sad. And it you, is. You're not picking up on that. Yeah. It's, again, I would say it's celebrated because they're happy that their parents are dating again. It's like, mm-hmm. well, they shouldn't be. Yeah, it's know. there should be. Yeah, I don't know. There's just a lot to it. And I'd say that's probably my my caveat on the Babysitter's Club is, unfortunately, rather than taking a stand in the culture and saying, whoa, just because it's normal doesn't make it right, they just totally caved with it and went with it. Yeah. And that's where I'd have to say is I don't think I would recommend it anymore. And I'm probably not going to let my kids read it without me reading it with them at most (laughs) or something you know i guess this is a whole other conversation we'll have to talk another time (laughs) oh yeah 
uh, banning books from kids. And I, you know, you know oh, we don't yeah. believe in that. That's not what we're saying. No, but. but it's one of those things where I, especially at this age, no, you're probably not going to get a hand at this <laughs> right now. Sorry, Laura. That's not what I'm going to let my five-year-old read right, right now, you know? And there's a maturity that has to happen before I can trust you with some of these things. And so, yes, I would say that's my, those are my thoughts on the Babysitter's Club anyway. Okay, they're kind of long and complicated. Sorry, complicated history with that series. But anyway, those are three middle grade series books that I enjoyed as a kid and still have a lot of fondness and love for, but I also have some mixed feelings at the same time, I guess. (laughs) So, all right. Well, thank you so much for listening to me ramble about the series that I've loved for a long, long time. (laughs) Be sure to find us on Facebook and like us there and make sure to hit the subscribe button so you can follow along with us whenever we do get to post uh, podcasts. Thanks so much for listening, everyone.